Hey, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Being Trans. Um, sorry, my voice got a little damage of trying to create a bit of content for next week. Because when my kids are home, I tend to focus more on my children than I do on a lot of things. And I find that um, trying to make episodes ahead might be a little bit damaging to my voice when I do it all in one shot. So if my voice sounds a little bit hoarse, a little bit crappy for any other reason, it's just the way it is. Um, I had a wonderful conversation with my friend who's the uh, up-and-coming doctor. <clears throat> and this time he brought a couple other friends with him. And we were sitting there having lunch. And I was getting to know some of these other people. And it was really quite exciting to expand this open communication beyond what we normally do. And as we sat for lunch, one of the ladies sat there and said, Well, I'm curious. How does voice affect your gender dysphoria? And I said, Well, it, it really doesn't play a part with me. Because I am confident with who I am as a person. My voice really isn't that big of a deal. Um, if people like the way my voice is, then great. If they don't, well, that's not going to phase me. Because I'm not concerned about how my voice is perceived by others. Um, nor am I concerned that others might find it offensive or anything because it's mine um <clears throat> i might sound like a little teenager right now as my voice is fluctuating but that's okay with some people they're not as confident with whom they are and therefore having their dysphoria and their issues of um, their vocal ranges tend to clash. So if they can't hear what they think they should sound like, they have a problem. And so they strain and they struggle and they do all the, the classes to adjust their vocal cords. And some even go so far as to have surgery on their vocal cords. And as such, that can be a very dangerous um, way to go. I've heard that, you know, um, here recently by um, a doctor who put something out on the vocal cord surgery, that it has been proved in its safety. But it only takes one slip up and you are not talking ever again. So is that worth the risk? It's like the, the risk of the Adam's apple. I don't have one that is pronounced. But I know others who have a gigantic Adam's apple and have looked at going in for surgery for it. But even they are warned. It's such a risky surgery 
that you might want to see rethink that maybe hide it with a scarf hide it with um uh choke collars and stuff like that so it hides the adam's apple but i've also got a friend who's got a very very deep voice and she's trans and when she talks she talks like this there is nothing she can do to raise her voice she has tried coaching she has tried everything um so what she does is sometimes um revert to a non verbal communication she's learned to sign um she sometimes takes a pad with her so she can write things down for people because she passes except for the voice as soon as she starts talking it's automatically bam there it goes and we've had conversations just because i'm confident with who i am i'm not worried about the way you're hearing my voice I am who I am. And I look at B. Arthur. She was who she was. She didn't care that her voice was not the atypical feminine voice. Um, and she was successful for being who she was because of her ability to be confident in who she was. Granted, with my friend, she looks amazing. But as soon as she starts talking, it just goes right out the freaking door and she hates it. Because she's like, as soon as I say something like this, everybody's jaw drops because here I am, five foot seven. I'm beautiful. I am confident. I have a feminine shape about me, but I have this for a voice. And I said to her, I said, look, you know, yeah, I can see how you can feel that that might be difficult for you, but is it? Triggerable does it is it a trigger for your dysphoria? So you look in the mirror and you see who you are and who you have always felt you are. And do you talk out loud to yourself and it shatters the image in the mirror? And she replied back to me, she says, you know, at first it really did. It was so difficult. And then I I know that when I'm with other trans women, we can just let it relax. And we can be who we are, not only on the outside, but on the inside where things can't change. And I said, okay, that, that's really neat. That's really relaxing. I said, do you have any other friends outside where you are able to also relax and enjoy that moment of clarity, that moment of peace. And she said, there's only a select few that she um, counts close enough to do that with. And I said, oh, okay, that, that's fine. That's fine. Um, have you thought of maybe expanding that? And she goes, I have a lot of friends, but they, some of them think that I have damaged my vocal cords and my transition, and therefore I don't talk. Um, and I said, is that, is that damaging to whom you are as a person? Because here, I have a lot of friends who are hearing impaired. 
And I have a lot of respect for the hearing impaired community. So, and in so much as that, I try to expand my knowledge of sign. I can sign in exact English, um, which is used in America, same as ASL. They cross really easily. Um, but here in Australia, they use Ausland, and sometimes my signs don't cross very well. And I have this lovely lady at Kohl's who is hearing impaired. And Kohl's is our supermarket, by the way. And I try to always go through her line. I am so thankful for all she does that I purposely want to go to her line. Um, and she is just a beautiful, beautiful soul. So I understand the idea that, you know, not hearing you pick up something different. But when you can't speak and you know how to speak, you're forcing yourself to not use that part of whom you are. And I, I was questioning my friend. I said, does that impact on who you are as a person? Because you are no longer allowed to be what you want to be as far as that is concerned. And she said something that was really interesting. She said, look, I, my transition has not been easy. It's been very difficult at times. In fact, it, it's so much more difficult than I could have ever expected it was going to be. I thought that when I started going through exercise programs, I started eating differently. I started dressing differently just to match who I was and who I felt on the inside. And everything seemed to line up. My hormones did wonders. Everything was perfect, including my surgery. It was beautiful. But as I tried and tried and failed and kept failing at my voice, I became more despondent with my transition. And it wasn't until that I started to look at other ways of communication was I able to fully accept the person I am inside. She goes, yes, it would be, it would be beautiful to be able to speak and have others take me for who I am. But it's not there. We all have a flaw. And I said, well, I wouldn't necessarily say your voice is a flaw. It's quite lovely. And it's, it's not the type of voice that you would look at and say that this voice is horrible, itchy, rashy. And the way she uses it is quite lovely. When she talks, she's very eloquent. When she speaks, her pronunciations are spot on. And if there is a way of talking, she can be heard. And I said to her, why not use that voice for your for a job? Because she found that well, some of the problems that she is having is also finding employment. And I said, well, is that causing dysphoric issues? And she said, yes, very much so. Because I want to be able to present myself as myself while at the same time getting others to accept 
whom I am as a human being. They don't have to accept that my journey and my transition is the way it is. But I want them to accept me as a human being. And the moment that I start speaking, it seems like that kind of goes right down the toilet. And I said, is that a self-thought or is that thoughts of others? And she goes, well, it it's more of the actions. And, um, and I said, well, is it like the elephant in the room for those who pass but almost don't pass? And she goes, yes, it's the elephant in the room. You, you sit there and within the, the minutes that you have been invited into the conversation, people are starting to look at you and go, hmm, something's not right here. And I said, oh, that, that's very, very true. That's, that's, you know, that is the elephant in the room that a lot of us face. And she goes, but the moment that I start going and signing, they kind of step back a little bit and they, you watch them look at me in a different light other than the light that they might have been looking at. The elephant has now changed into a giraffe instead of an elephant. So now they're wondering why I can't speak. So I'll write things down like, I'm sorry, my voice is gone, or and I choose to sign, or I choose to write it out. And she's like, it, it is a more interesting and ice-breaking issue. And even if I get read, um, for those of you who don't know out of the community, being read means that someone can see or has a perception that you are transgender. And it, 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 it can be happening at a distance. It can be happening close up. It's, it's called being read. Um, and it's like outing you, but not outing you verbally. It's a look. And once you see it, you'll never forget it. Um, and it can be across the room. You can see somebody looking at you and they just go. And they have that stare of, I know something's different about you. You know, put three women in the room and one of these things is not like the other. Because I just read it. And that, that is, you know, and she said, you know, I, I, it changes the read. And I said, oh yeah, how does it change the read? She goes, now they look at it and think, you're not trans, you're mute. Or you've got no way to vocally communicate. And they start looking at this instead of looking at me being trans. And I said, oh, well, that's, that's kind of an interesting um, turn of events. I personally would not want either one. Um, and we've had some really great conversations as to understanding adults. And she's a really an amazing person. I have a wonderful conversation with her and we're open and honest about it. And I think that the more um, we look at how our vocal abilities are, we tend to understand more about us. And when it comes to dysphoria, and I was telling this doctor, I said, look, you know, dysphoria can be very difficult. Um, 
and it doesn't necessarily make sense. So when you go home and you're looking in that mirror and you go, oh man, what a day. And I sound like this. What a day. And I'm taking off my bra and my breasts are there and I'm looking and I'm going, my voice sounds like shit. I wish I could do something about it. My voice sounds like crap because I have really damaged my cords this last couple of days. My voice on the microphone sounds different because I refuse to let go of something that I've always enjoyed, and that is um, broadcasting. And whether podcasting is true broadcasting or not, I, I have to say it is because you are behind a microphone. You are telling a story. You are talking about a subject, and that is broadcasting. Whether or not somebody's getting it live or listening to it on a podcast, which could be played later, which is played later, sorry. And that is still broadcasting. When you're listening to a recorded um, show that happened live, like Joe Rogan, he's broadcasting. He's broadcasting his ideas, his thoughts, and his. Um, context over a microphone. And when it comes to my time behind the microphone, my voice sounds like this. And I'm very pleased with my voice um, because I found a level of confidence with this voice behind the microphone when I was younger. When I was in my 20s, I took um, some university classes in communication and also in radio I was a music director for a while and loved radio. I, I just simply love the idea behind radio because you have talent that sits behind an invisible wall and you can't see them, but they bring to you news. They bring to you stories with their voice and they bring to you pleasure and sometimes sadness and you don't get to see them. But it is all about how they use their voice. And to me, that is one of the greatest gifts of communication. I love hearing my friend talk. She is a very beautiful person inside and out. And I take her voice for what it is. It's a glorious bass voice. And I've, I've snuck up on her once when she was singing in her apartment and uh, I knew because I could hear it outside the door. And I was like, I'm just going to sneak in. And I snuck in and I was like, boo. And she damn near jumped back ready to punch me. But she was like, holy shit, you heard me singing. And I was like, wow, what a glorious voice. It was so beautiful. And I said, wow, you could really be something with that voice and she goes yeah something with this voice singing and in a dress yeah i could see me in a backless dress and uh, you know and we had a good laugh about it because you know it, it's one of those things you got to look at at being trans sometimes in the most off-colored light 
as the trans person. You're going, wait a second here. I should not sound like this. I should not be like this, but I am like this. And therefore, I love being like this. And I'm not going to change it for anything. I'm not going to change who I am to make people pleased. Um, I have worked on my voice a little bit um, because I know there's ways of doing it. And it has made me more comfortable in public with my friends so that I don't have people looking at me um, and causing me to feel dysphoric. Because um, gender dysphoria is not just a personal thing. Gender dysphoria can also be brought on by people looking at you strange, talking behind your back, whispering behind your back. Um, Chinese whispers, that kind of thing, you know, and it can be very difficult for me. I, 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 I love music. One of the greatest things that is in my life is my music collection. Um, I've shared it with my children on a really, really large scale. My son knows who Blue Oyster Cult is. Okay. How many teens right now know who Blue Oyster Cult is? Not too many unless they're emos. Or, yeah, yeah, unless they're emos. Um, and it is the ability to connect with my children over music. We dance in the house. We sing in the house. We have a rule. And, and this rule, I, I sincerely believe it. If you... And you, you may disagree with me, but that's okay. If you hear Bohemian Rhapsody and you do not sing along with it, can you really be trusted? Because everybody I know that is a good person, that is wonderful to be around, loves Bohemian Rhapsody. It, you know, we all sit there and go, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, let me go. Yeah. And you start singing it. Even my kids in the car, they have, when we had a car, we had parts of singing as we're driving down the road. So, like, um, Hezekiah can hit the really, really high notes, like the drummer. And, um, you know, Neve will sing another part and Gabriel will sing another part. And we're just driving down the road and we were singing and it was glorious. And Gabriel goes, and Gabriel's my 13-year-old. And he says, you know, that is the truth behind music and behind everything that we do. Is if you can't find connection with others behind music, can you really be trusted? Are you really a good person? Because music is so wholesome sometimes. And I said, well, it's not all songs. I mean, you're not going to be going, shout at the devil, you know, walking down the street. But I started listening to female singers and trying to match their pitch and how they were singing to adjust my voice away from the microphone. So what you're hearing right now is my microphone voice. I'm not going to change that for you. I enjoy this voice. And it's relaxing and comfortable for me. But if I go out in public, I actually talk a little bit. My voice is really destroyed. I can, But I talk a little softer. And I raise my voice up just a little bit more. So that when I talk to somebody, they might think I just have a husky voice. And it changes their read of me. So 
where I can talk like this normally, people go, um, you know, and that's okay. It, it, it doesn't cause dysphoria to me, but other trans people, it does. And if they don't have that right voice training that makes them sound extreme femme, it can be very difficult for them. And the nurse and the doctor and my friend, the doctor, all looked at me and they went, wow, okay, I didn't really think of that. And I said, and see, sometimes I think that if you sit with your patients and you're talking to them and you question something and they start to write it down, you can just let them know, hey, you know, this is a safe area. You can talk, you know, you can talk in any way you wish. And I asked my friend who has a deep voice, if your doctor was to say something to you like that, how would you feel? And she would like, she said, I, I think it might be very confronting at first, but I think if I did it and they didn't show any negative reaction to it, I think I might have a sense of safety, a safe of comfort that may also put me at risk as soon as I leave the door, I might say something. Um, but that is training my own thoughts. But I would like that. I would like to be able to talk to my doctor and not have to write everything down. So it, it was an interesting conversation. It lasted for about an hour. We only had a small lunch. So having this conversation with you is only going to be for the next couple of minutes. And then I'm going to let you go. But dysphoria and voice training can help. Um, but also can um, self-confidence. Self-confidence can go a long way with whom you are. So take the time. Think about it. And if you need help in training... There are organizations, there are um, videos, there are audio training tools. I learned to adjust my voice by listening to music and adjusting my voice through music. And that helped immensely, except when I'm sick, because I can't hit any higher octave right now. I'm not sick. I just hurt my vocal cords. And... I cannot hit a higher octave. It's just not there for me right now. I am stuck with this. When my kids come home, I am talking through them to get my voice back. So I'll start whispering to them like this. Hey, can we go out for dinner tonight? Just all of us. And um, Gabriel, do you think you can sit next to me and order the meal? So I don't have to do much talking because my voice is shot. And Gabriel will say, yeah, I'll be happy to do that for you. So I'll talk like this through the meal and it will just be us. And they'll listen and they listen very closely when I talk like this because they know that I don't have much of a voice. And if I had volume behind this, this works fine too because this voice is not very loud. It's not very masculine, but it's also not very feminine. It sits right in that center area. So you end up with people trying to 
strain themselves to listen to me where my kids are used to this when my voice goes nutty, which happens when I get sick or happens when I do too many podcasts or too many um, speaking arrangements in us in a row. So thank you for taking the time and joining me on this conversation. Um, we have a few more um, interesting conversations coming up. The next one will actually be with Gabriel. Gabriel and I will be joining in on a question and answer um, segment where I'll ask Gabriel a few questions about what it's like to have a parent who's transgender. Um, we may follow that up with Neve and Hezekiah as well, seeing how it goes. So tune in for the next episode, which will be myself with Gabriel. Thank you. And also, if you need help, remember, there's immediate help, 911 or 000. Or you can contact any crisis line, lifeline, Q-life, men's line, helpline. You can even contact um, Are You Okay? There are plenty of groups out there who are there to help you in your time of need. And if you're in Launceston, there's a great lady who runs um, a private counseling service called Attitude Counseling. I would suggest you look her up if you need some help. She's a friend and I've known her for years. And I wouldn't endorse her if I didn't think she was one of the kindest souls I've ever met. Thank you for taking the time and have a lovely day.